Hey guys, welcome to the weekly podcast of Encounter Church, Sedalia, Missouri. It's our prayer that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your life. If you want more information about Encounter Church, please go to our website, encounterchurch.ag. Thanks again. Enjoy the message. All right, how many of you are ready for the Word of God this morning? Amen. Well, I'm excited. We've been in a four-week series that we're simply calling Fights, moving from fighting with to fighting for your family. And I hope and I trust that by this point in the series, four weeks in, that we've truly begun to implement the Word of God and apply it to our lives. Now, the main premise, I say this every single week, the main premise or point of this series is what are you speaking over your family. You see, you have a choice. You have a choice of what you will allow to come out of your mouth. The Bible says what's in the heart comes out of the mouth. So the words that you speak are more than just words that you flippantly say, but they're words that are rooted deep down inside of your life. We've taken the time to challenge you to speak the name of Jesus over your family. We've, we've looked at the idea of what environment are you setting in your home. And then last week, we chose to make Christ the central portion. We joined with Joshua. We said, for, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So I ask you this question, not just dads. Yeah, this is Father's Day. I could speak just to the dads, but I believe that each one of us make an impact upon our family, what direction are you going to lead those in your household? What choices are you going to make? What direction are you going to take them? Today we're going to look at an option that we all have. We talked about it briefly week one, but the Bible says that the tongue has the power of life and of death. In fact, it says in James chapter 3, it says, people can tame all kinds of animals and birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Verse 9 says this, sometimes it praises the Lord our Father, sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. I've titled this morning's message, A Blessing or a Curse. What are you going to allow to come out of your mouth? What words are you going to speak over your family. You have a choice when it comes to your words. What will you choose? It's ultimately one of two things, a blessing or a a curse. Now at the conclusion of the service this morning, I'm going to have the worship team come back up and we're going to do a, a new worship course. It's simply called The Blessing. Now The Blessing is taken directly from Scripture and it declares a blessing over the family for generation to generation to generation. It's taken from Numbers chapter 6, verse 
24 through 26. Look what it says. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. That's the blessing that we're going to look at this morning. So just for a moment, on the onset of this message, I want you to look back to your last week. What have you allowed to come out of your mouth? Now, some of you in this moment, as I ask that question, you got defensive on the inside. Because you begin to say, well, you don't know how they talk to me. You don't know the words that they chose to speak to me. I'm not concerned about that right now. I'm not asking you, how did your kids respond to you? I'm not asking you, how did your spouse respond to you? The question I'm laying before you, I'm asking you right now, is how did you speak to your family? A blessing or a curse? I'm going to take some time this morning. I want to break apart this blessing. This is the uh, blessing that, that God spoke to Moses to give to Aaron and his family, and they were to share this blessing with the nation of Israel. I'm going to break it apart. We're going to look at each section, and then we're going to turn around on the back side of this, and we're going to apply it to our families as a whole. Now, the Bible, time and time again, talks about a blessing. It was a big deal in biblical times for someone to pour out a blessing. In fact, we saw family issues occur where one son tried to sneak around and get the blessing of his, of, of his brother. And all these things are going on because the blessing was such a huge part of our lives or their lives. Oftentimes, you would find people or family members receiving a blessing before someone left or before that individual passed away. But this particular blessing in Numbers chapter 6, is it a, it's a triple blessing. Notice three times it says the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. This is representing the, the fullness of God's desire to pour out a blessing on you time and time and time again. Those that have chosen to give themselves to him, to make themselves part of his family. But I want to look at it a little closer today. I want to look at six observations and we're going to do this in rapid fire motion so really get your notes out take your paper notes or your you version notes or go to the church app wherever you need to take notes and take good notes this morning observation number one is this the lord bless you the lord bless you to bless Carries with, the, uh, carries with it the idea that God's presence, that, that God's love is brought into our personal lives. I want you to understand something very clearly this morning. God is not some 
far-off, distant God that has nothing to do with your life, but God is an ever-present God. He is always there in your times of need and times of trouble. He is an all-sufficient God. He is a God of miracles, a, a personal God that wants to invest in you every single moment of your life. In fact, the Bible says that even before you were formed in your mama's belly, God knew your name. He has a plan and a purpose for you. Some of you struggle with that. Some of you look at your life and you say, Pastor, how could God possibly love me? Well, I want you to know he loves you more than you can ever imagine. The Bible says that while you were still a sinner, while you were still making dumb choices, he died for you. That you are fearfully and wonderfully made. That you are formed in the image of God. That he's grafted you into his family. That's the love that God has for you today. God has a desire to step into your personal life. He wants to be an active, living part of your daily activities, not just your Sunday morning time at church, but every single day he desires to walk side by side with you, bringing about a change in the environment in which you live. Now, for us in this series it is God pouring out his blessing so that we can move from fighting with to fighting for our family. Can I just tell you, give your family to God. Surrender your family to God. If you find that the environment is toxic in your household, why not cry out to the one that holds a solution in his hand? Why not reach out to the one that's got a plan and a purpose? He doesn't desire for you to have this bickering and this fighting and this controversy going on continuously in your house. He wants to pour into your house a house of peace. We're going to get to that in just a moment. He wants to pour out a personal blessing before you. Now the word bless it's a common Old Testament word. In fact, it was used approximately 415 times in the Bible, and it implies life or health or prosperity. We go on to the New Testament in Ephesians chapter 1, and we see these words speaking to the people of Ephesus. It says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, say it with me, blessed us, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Come on, look at this. We, we give God all praise, all glory, all honor. We cry out to him with a heart of gratitude, with a voice of thanksgiving. He is the one that has poured out not a minuscule, small amount of blessing, but every single spiritual blessing possible. He speaks into your life. Why? Because you're united with Christ. Because you are part of the family. God's the one, the creator of the universe, the one that spoke life into existence. 
has a heart's desire to pour out a blessing upon you. Amazing love. That's what he wants to give to you. That blessing that we see in Numbers chapter 6 is the same blessing that God spoke to Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 1. It says this, the Lord blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. And then he gave a blessing to Noah. It says, then God blessed Noah and his sons and told them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. He gave Abraham, when he told Abram that he would be a great nation, look what happened in Genesis chapter 12. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. And you will be a blessing to others. Let me pause for a moment. Did you know that God blesses you so that you can be a blessing for others? God pours out this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. Not so that you can puff up and go, look at me. But he blesses you so that you can turn around, mom, so you can turn around, dad, and, and you can bless your family. You can bless those in your circle of influence. You can represent Christ in all that you say and all that you do. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. It goes on one verse later in verse, uh, verse number three to say this, I will bless those that bless you, and I will curse those that curse you. God desires today to pour out a blessing upon your life. What are you going to choose to do? Continue to fight with your family? Continue to, to stir the pot? Or are you going to choose to pour out a blessing upon them? I will bless those that bless you. I think the same is also true. As you bless others, God will bless you. Look at our second observation. The Lord keep you. We talked about blessing being a big thing in the Bible. Shepherds were also a big thing. We read a lot about shepherds. In fact, Jesus um, compares himself to the good shepherd. And we read a lot about David shepherding, shepherding and all the other shepherds. But the Hebrew word for keep here is used to describe the way that shepherds would use thorn bushes to build a protective enclosure for the sheep. They would keep the predators out. To keep literally means to build a hedge around. Thus, the, the key idea here is protection from harm. Putting around you, around your life, sort of a, a fence type uh, to keep out the enemy. Those that would try to snatch the blessing that God has for you to keep you from wandering off, God would build this hedge of protection around you. The Lord keep you. See, I love this because what I see in this moment is 
God, the, the supreme, the almighty God, the creator of the world, the one that's in Jesus to die on the cross for us, would take the time, come on, look at this, to build a protective hedge around you to keep you safe. Safe from the enemies around, the predators around, but also to keep you safe from yourself. Come on, think about that. Sometimes we need protection from ourselves, right? We kind of, kind of wander off a bit. We kind of find ourselves meandering around, but God will put this protection around us. And we see in Isaiah chapter 54, we're reminded that God is on our side, that he will silence the attack of the enemy. Look what it says, Isaiah 54, 17. But in that coming day, no weapon turned against you will be successful. You will silence every voice that is raised up to accuse you. If we went into Ephesians chapter 6, we find out that we're not battling against one another. Truth be told, the fighting in your household, the fighting that you have with your kids or with your spouse, you're not fighting against them. It's a spiritual warfare. So what do we do? We clothe ourselves in the very armor of God. We hide his word in our hearts. We prepare ourselves for battle. And when everything seems to be falling apart, what do we do? We give up? No. We plant our feet solid on our ground so when the winds come, when the storms come, when the difficulty comes our way, we're able to stand our ground. Why? Because God is on our side. The battle's not ours. The battle is here, uh, is his. The blessing is from God Almighty. Therefore, it's time that we, the church, that we take this time to rest in the protection of God Almighty. Verse 17 goes on to say this. These are the benefits enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. Some translations say it this way. These are the possessions. These are the property. This is the heritage of those who claim a relationship with God Almighty. This blessing that when the struggle comes our way, when the weapons are being formed against us, they won't be successful. When words are being spoken against us to tear us down, they won't be effective in any way. Why? Because God Almighty is on our side. He's building a hedge of protection around his people. The Lord bless you and keep you. It's time to receive the blessing from God, but don't hoard it for yourself. Begin to pass it to your family. Observation number three, the Lord make his face shine upon you. What does that mean? Look at this idea of God's face shining. What is that? What does that do? We understand the Lord's blessing. We understand the Lord keeps us. But what does it mean that he turns his face toward us and it's shining in our direction? It's talking about his desire to pour out his favor, 
his goodwill, his mercy upon his people. It's removing God's anger and wrath and implementing his favor and his mercy on an ongoing basis. I want to remind you of something. In fact, Pastor Tori and Pastor Luke say this quite often. God's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. The Bible says that God desires that none would perish. In other words, he desires that none would be separated from him, but he desires that all would come into a relationship with him. He desires the best for your life. He shines his face upon you. Lamentations chapter 3 says it this way, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. Come on, look at this. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. And here's what I love. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I have a feeling that there are those days I get to the end of the day and God's like, ooh, that jar of mercy is getting low for Chris. But good news, tomorrow morning I'm going to fill it up again. Come on, right? I would venture to say that in your household, there are moments you're looking at that jar of mercy and you're like, boy, my mercy's about over. But good news is we're able to replenish that mercy. As God pours that blessing into our life, as God replenishes that in us, as we step into a resemblance of him, we are able to shine God's grace. We are able to shine God's mercy. We are able to shine God's faithfulness onto those in our household. So let me ask you a question. When your family sees you, come on, think about this. What is it that you're shining on them? When you walk in the room, Dad, when you come home from work, Mom, when you come home from work, when the kids walk in from school, what are you shining upon them? I was over at family center yesterday and walking past the display and there was a a display of led lights and i I felt like a firefly i was like drawn right to these lights but then i realized the more that i looked at these lights my head began to spin that wasn't a good shining moment right there are some of us we shine what we shouldn't be shining toward our families It's time for us to make the adjustment. It's time for us to resemble, begin to resemble the good news of Christ, to be the reflection that he's called us to be. So what are you shining on them? Is it love? Is it grace, mercy, favor? Or is it condemnation, strife, discouragements? struggle. Now I'm talking to mom and dad, but I'm also talking to the teenagers in the room. What are you shining into your family? Why not exchange 
the struggle and the condemnation and the problems and the strife? Why not exchange that for the favor and the mercy that God makes readily available to you each and every day? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. And number four is this. The Lord be gracious to you. This is forgiveness, compassion, grace, unmerited favor. It's God giving us what we need, not what we deserve. I don't know about you, but I'm so grateful that God gives me what I need. Yes? It's God sidestepping a punishment and supplying hope and peace and love and forgiveness. That's what God demonstrates to us through his blessing. Ephesians chapter 2 says this, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things you've done, so none of us can boast about it. It's God giving us what we need. You see, God could have just said, you know what? I started this thing over before with Noah and the ark. I don't want to do it a third time. Created Adam and Eve, started it over with Noah and here we are messing up again. I mean, it didn't take long. The ark landed. They left the boat. They began to multiply. It wasn't very long till people began to be stupid again. Right? To make dumb choices. To do things that were opposite of what God desired. But God's gracious to us. He sent Jesus to be the perfect sacrifice for us. To pay a price that, that we could never pay on our own. See, Jesus was what we needed. Jesus was God's favor given to us. Are you willing today to give that sort of grace for your family? To go the extra mile, to do the unexpected, to give grace to them even though they don't deserve it? See, in our households, if we want to move from fighting with to fighting for our family, we must grab a hold of this nature of God and begin to pour out grace upon those that we love. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord be gracious, gracious to you. And number five, the Lord turn his face toward you. I began to look this up. I'm like, what does that mean? Is he like, how you doing? I mean, is that what he means by turn your face? I don't think so. So I began to look this up. What does it mean to turn your face towards somebody? Well, in the Bible, relationships were often expressed in terms of facial expressions. Some translation says, the Lord lifts up his countenance upon us. The Bible says, when Cain became angry with Abel, his countenance fell. 
When Laban became frustrated with Jacob, his countenance was not favorable toward him. You see, the Lord is lifting up his countenance. It implies that God is giving his care and pouring out his heartfelt love upon his people. Psalm 86 says this, But you, O God, are a God of compassion and mercy, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. Let me read that again. But you, O Lord, are a God of compassion and mercy, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. And I began to think about this scripture, and I looked at the idea of God turning his face toward us, and as he does that, we see this very nature of God. In fact, the Bible says that, that God, by definition, is, is love, and here he is pouring out that love and that compassion and that mercy. He is slow to get angry with us. He's pouring out faithfulness to us over and over again, and we just read that his mercies are new every morning, and I see the nature of God, and I begin to think, what about us? The Bible says that we're formed in the image of God, but are we truly displaying that in our countenance? Are we sharing that with our family? Are, are we reflecting the nature of God to those that we say that we love? personal question I have for you is this. If someone was going to describe you this morning... What would they say? How would they describe you? I think one of the hardest things is when I'm meeting with a family after a family member has passed away. And I remember one particular family. I was meeting with him. By the way, that family's not here this morning, so we're okay. Uh, they don't attend here. Um, meeting with that family, and that family member had passed away, and and I said, tell me a little bit about the family member that passed away. And can I be honest and say they struggled to find anything good to say? Thing after thing was, was difficult. Oh, they were, they were cranky all the time. They were disgruntled 24-7. And the list went on and on. And I thought, did Jesus help me? The moment in time when I pass away, I don't want people to say, there's not a good thing about that guy. What I want to hear them say is, man, he resembled Christ. The way that he lived his life, the way that he spoke to people, the way that he demonstrated life, it was a representation. He lifted his countenance. He turned his face just as Christ would have done. I wonder about you what would people say about you today? For God, this verse says that he's a God of compassion and mercy, slow to anger, filled with love, always faithful. That's the face that he turns toward us. That's the countenance that he places our direction, a face of love and mercy and compassion. I wonder, are we reflecting that to those around us? If not, 
what needs to change? What adjustments, mom, dad, what adjustments, teenagers, what adjustments do you need to make in your life so that you reflect Christ in the house? After all, the Bible is very clear. We are formed in the image of God. Are we reflecting that? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you. And number six, the Lord give you peace. This is a word that, that our culture struggles with. Because if we're to be completely honest, society is consumed, jam-packed with everything but peace. Fear runs rampant. Come on, think of 2020. That was a year of fear. Chaos. Strife. See, oftentimes, peace appears to be unachievable. Marionwebster.com defines peace as freedom from oppressive thoughts or emotions. I would venture to say that many of us in this room, even those that are watching online right now, many of us not only fail to have freedom from oppressive thoughts and emotions, but we don't even know where to find it. We're inundated with a lack of real peace on a daily basis. Therefore, what is given to those around us, including our families, is everything but peace and we fight and we fight and we fight so what do we do philippians 4 7 it begins to share with us a, a two-step process this first step is you got to trust god you see you can't do this thing that we call the family by yourself i said it last week we're not smart enough Come on, right? Any parent out there have parenting figured out? Any spouse out there have relationships figured out? I'm not going to ask the teenagers if they haven't figured out because they're going to say yes. But let me just tell you, teenagers, you don't. You don't. We don't have this thing figured out. We're just not smart enough to do it by ourselves. So Philippians 4, 7 says this, and the peace of God, that's the peace we need. I don't want a temporary peace. I don't want a situational peace. I don't want peace that's contingent upon everything being perfect in life because that's not going to last. I want the peace of God. Why? Because the Bible says it surpasses all understanding. It will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus, that's the peace we need. How do we get it? We turn to God. The Bible says, trust not in your own understanding. Don't lean upon your own, your own ability. But in all your ways, acknowledge him. Why? Because God's going to make that path straight. 
God's going to show you what to do. God's going to give you wisdom. The book of James says if you need wisdom, just ask. Man, these are things that I tell you all the time. The problem is we hear it on a Sunday morning. We gain the information. We sit in the chair next to us and we walk away. Come back next week hoping it's still there. But the cleaning people have cleaned up all your stuff. See, we've got to learn to implement the very word of God. The first step is to trust God. The second is begin to take action. Look at this. In Romans 14, and by the way, in two weeks, we're going to begin a study on the book of Romans. You're not going to want to miss it. So then, we must pursue. Look at your neighbor and say pursue. We must pursue what promotes peace and what builds up one another. We must pursue what promotes peace peace. Grab a hold of that. Right now we're being reactive. Somebody in the household comes in with a bad attitude. They've had a rough day. They begin to take it out on other family members. And what do we do? We're reactive in our, in our response. We snap back at them. But the Bible says, why not pursue what promotes peace? Why not begin to, to share back with them the goodness of God? Why not begin to lay back in front of them the good news of Christ? Why not begin to show mercy and grace, unmerited favor to them? Can I be honest? Because it's hard. It's hard. Someone snaps at you, what do you want to do? Right? I want to pop their little heads off. I'm just being straight honest with you. But that's not the way of Christ. Why not promote, pursue what promotes peace? Why not give it to God? So what are we to do with this blessing? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. What are we to do with this? Is it just a good song that the worship team is going to sing in a moment? Is it just a, a good few scriptures in the Bible? I would venture to say it's so much more than that. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for you, mom and dad, you, teenager, to pass on to your family the blessing that God has made readily available. He said, I will bless those that bless you. It's time for us. It's time for the church. It's time for those that claim a relationship with Christ to begin to not just reiterate what culture is doing, but to begin to model and live a life that resembles what Jesus Christ demonstrated to us. Unfortunately, rather than demonstrating what Christ has done, we demonstrate the sitcom we find on TV. We demonstrate the, the chaos that social media lays in front of us. Can I get the worship team to come on up? God has called us 
to pour out a blessing. He's demonstrated the way, but the choice is ours. Mom and dad, teenager, you can pour out a blessing or you can pour out a curse. The choice is yours. But I want to encourage you today. Make the shift. Begin today to let your life be a life that pours out blessing to those around you. Before you know it, guess what? That blessing that you speak into your family, it soon begins to overflow into those around you. Here's what I want to do. It's going to be a little different ending. I'm going to have the worship team begin to lead us in the song, The Lord Bless You and Keep You. The Lord make His face shine upon you, be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face toward you and give you peace. And we're going to begin to sing this song as a congregation. And then as we wrap up the service, I'm going to ask you to kind of huddle up with the family that you have with you today. If you don't have a family, you came with somebody, huddle up with them. And then as a spiritual head here at Encounter Church, I feel directed today to Once again, thank you so much for joining us for Church Today Online. I pray that this service was a blessing and an encouragement to your life. Before we close out service, we just want to take a few moments to recap what Pastor Chris talked about in service today. Yeah, so he discussed um, that our tongue has the power of life and death. And so what are we speaking over our families? One thing that Luke and I really try to do with our kids is to speak life over them and not label them as like they're shy or they're loud or they're dramatic. Those things can really stick with them as they grow up and they can start to identify as those things. So instead we try to use words like passionate or, um, or patient or loving or whatever it may be because God gave them those little personalities that they have. So... Yeah, one thing we try to do is like whatever praise, whatever you praise gets repeated. So like with Seattle and Shepherd, when we see something they do, we like to give praise to them so that they know that they are doing a good job in what they do. Yeah. And so whenever they do that, they, they want to repeat it and they want to keep doing it. And they always come back and hey, we did this, we did that. And it's like we, we just love giving praise to them so that they know they're doing a jo good job. So one thing that you can do in your family this week is start to encourage them. Yeah. Um, start giving them praise whenever they do something right, um, and that will probably get repeated. Maybe you've been sitting here during service and you've been trying to figure out how a God can bless you or He would want to protect you, and you've been struggling with the idea like, you know what you've done in your past, you know uh, what you've done wrong, and you say, a God would never love me because of what I've done. But that's our God. He loves us so much that He sent His Son. Yeah to die for us. And Jesus came to this world, lived a perfect life, and took our place, and died a sin sinner's death so that we could have the opportunity to live in relationship with him the rest of our life. And today, I just want to give you that opportunity to step into a relationship with him. Because he loves you so much, and he wants to bless you, and he wants to protect you, he wants to do all these things. But for him to do that, we have to step into a relationship with him. Yeah. And maybe you've just been feeling that stirring that you need to do that. We're going to lead you through that in a moment. So I encourage you to raise your hand in the chat to let the people know, our online hosts know that that's you. Or maybe just type, I, I want to make that decision. Type that in the chat and they'll connect with you. But I'm also going to just lead you through a prayer real quick. So let's bow our heads and just repeat these words after me and truly believe them with your heart. Say, Dear Lord, I'm a sinner. I've messed up over and over again, but Jesus, I pray that, pray that you forgive me. Make me a new creation. And Jesus, help me to walk my rest of my days following you. In Jesus' name, amen.
Maybe you said that prayer for the first time. I encourage you to raise your hand or maybe it's the 10th time you've, you've prayed it. Just raise your hand in the chat and one of our online hosts are gonna, gonna connect with you. We wanna just send a Bible to you that it can help be a tool for you as you go on from here. Yeah, so it's the best decision you will ever make. And so if you made that decision, we wanna connect with you. We wanna get to know you um, so that we can walk with you through that. So um, we just wanna celebrate with you today. Um, and we pray that this service was a blessing to you and we pray that you have an incredible week. Yeah. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May his face smile upon you and be gracious to you. May he show you his favor and give you his peace. To the praise of his glory and the blessing on your life. We'll see you next week.